It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi everyone, this is Jack Rico, and welcome to the Highly Relevant Podcast. Glad you guys could join us for another week of the most highly relevant stories in U.S. Latino pop culture. Well, this week we're focusing on Spanish language news. As you might have already heard, Univision news anchor Marielena Salinas, she announced her departure last week and it has left many unanswered questions. Why is she really leaving? What triggered her departure? Where is she going? Does Salinas already have a job lined up with an English language network? Veronica Villafaña, editor-in-chief of MediaMoves.com and Hispanic media reporter for Forbes magazine, joins me to discuss her exclusive interview with Salinas herself and what does not only her future hold, but what is the future of Spanish language news as we know it? Also, can you imagine New York's El Diario La Prensa, the country's oldest Spanish-language newspaper, written in English? Well, I chat with Rafael Cores, vice president of digital content for Impermedia, about how the paper is modernizing its ways and defying all the challenges of the Latino demographics and the business itself. That, plus the latest in music, movies, and TV on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Veronica Villafaña is one of the most respected voices in Hispanic media. She is the founder of MediaMoves.com, a site dedicated to covering Latinos in the media industry, and is the former president of the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. Veronica, thank you for being on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Thanks for inviting me. So let's get right into the Maria Elena Salinas story. One of the biggest stories coming out of news, at least Spanish language news, at least this year, uh, is her departure that she mentioned uh, just this past week. Antes de despedirnos, quisiera compartir con ustedes una noticia personal. Después de más de 36 años con Univision, he decidido que es hora de cambiar de rumbo y comenzar una nueva etapa en mi carrera. What was your immediate impression of when you heard the news? I, um, well, I wasn't surprised because I knew she had been thinking about this for a while. How did you um, know that? Um, well, I, we've, we've, we've talked in the past. Uh -huh. You know, she obviously, uh, like she mentioned during during my interview that I did for Forbes, is she really had been mulling about this for years. And, um, you know, she was looking for the right moment to do this. Um, don't forget, you know, her, her, her daughters are now in college. Um, she started uh, earlier this year with the with her first English language show on um, investigation discovery. Right, the real stories with Mariana Salinas and Correct. ID. Correct. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, 
you know, she she kept emphasizing this during our conversation uh, in the past and and this week when she um, she gave me the exclusive interview. I was wondering because um, Univision, I was like badgering them about that. So it's good that another Latina got that. That's great. Congratulations <laughs> on the interview. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I've been writing about Maria Elena for many years, and um, so we have developed a, 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 a very good professional relationship. Um, and so, uh, you know, throughout the years when we've discussed about future plans and whenever she's won, you know, won awards, you know, how, you know, how, how she saw herself in the future. And she always expressed that she wanted to do something more, something different. She's always, you know, she, almost like three years ago, she had mentioned the idea of having a digital platform, which she actually launched last year. Mm -hmm. She has an online website. Um, so she's obviously somebody that has, um, that's, that continues to be restless. And like she said, she wants to continue to grow. Um, and she was, she loved, I mean, she emphasized that she loves and has loved what she has done. I mean, she's been, as I have emphasized as well, she's the longest running female network news anchor. Um, there's not a single. And, and first of all, let's 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 take a step back there for a moment. Uh -huh. When you look at ABC, CBS or NBC, oh, when yeah. you just look at, you know, <laughs> was there a female news anchor? Katie Couric. Um, I mean, that's yes, that's Katie the. Couric. Three on the years. Today Show and then on CBS yeah. News, but not oh, in prime time. Then you had Diane Sawyer. Connie Which, Chung did a very short stint mm -hmm. with Dan, Dan Rather ages ago. But it's um, all short, never 30 short. years. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And unfortunately, why do you think that English language media news hasn't really picked up on this departure with the sense of of like a Tom Brokaw leaving NBC News? You know, that's a really good question. I think, um, you know, I did see a few um, a few industry publications write about her departure. Um, and obviously the LA Times, um, the Miami Herald. But I think that... But not uh, the Times or the Post or the New York Times yeah, or the Post. That is definitely something that is... You'd it's have concerning to, to me. It's it's questionable because you know when you think about it, I mean she's even moderated uh, a presidential debate, right? Presidential debate many times. Um, mm -hmm. Many times she's interviewed uh, world leaders. Um, so what I see, and not to take away any credit from her anchoring partner, there seems to be a lot more. Um, emphasis on anything that Jorge Ramos might do, and you know he did the the you know the uh, the talk show circuit in English when he did his um, you know his book about immigration. Uh, he's an he's become an outspoken immigration activist practically on the air, and he's talked you know he's been on CNN numerous times, and I think that um, that might be something that um, that might have worked a little bit against Marielena's. Um, favor, I guess, that she wasn't a constant presence in some of these talk show circuits. And, um, and Which, I think yeah. that was a very, I think that was a conscientious decision on her part to write, to keep herself um, very much into, within the confines of just reporting. Um, whatever her personal views might be. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that 
without a question, you know, I, I've, I've been at events or conferences or uh, we've stepped out and, of course, all the Latino personnel or even people walking down the street immediately recognize Maria Elena. I mean, the, 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 the recognition factor is undeniable. Um, the she's, care a, factor, she's an icon. She belongs in the pantheon of all the news uh, icons on the level of Walter Cronkite on the level of Katie Couric. I, she belongs to one of them, which is one of the reasons that I wrote an article recently this week uh, called uh, Maria Elena Salinas and why CBS's 60 Minutes should hire her. Um, That's a good idea. It's, it's a great idea, and it's a great fit. First of all, they need more females on the show. They need Hispanics, obviously. CBS needs to diversify their talent pool uh, I can't think of any bigger name than Maria Elena Salinas to be on that show. Uh, secondly, she has an ease of English. She's American, uh, and she's been on air for three decades. If there is a journalist that you had to point to as the ambassador for Hispanic news, it's really her. So I don't see a reason why she can't get a big job at CBS 60 Minutes or at any other network. It's a matter of, um, and I don't want to say convince, because the, the, the accomplishments, the resume, the body of work is there. It's a matter of knowing if Maria Elena Salinas probably already has something uh, on the back burner uh, before she left. And that is my point of view. I, I think that she would not leave to follow in the Soledad O'Brien uh, footsteps of you know creating documentaries and being a producer, even though she says that. I think her name is too big, and I think an offer is going to come in soon. And if it doesn't, she should be working on getting a big agent and landing a huge deal that could, to a certain extent, overshadow the accomplishments of Jorge Ramos himself, who has become sort of the face of Hispanic news. Maybe that is in the works. I know that, um, as I point out in my, in my Forbes article, she was reluctant to talk about any future plans because she is still currently working for Univision. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, and, and she said, you know, it would be unethical on my part to discuss anything or to even sit down and plan because I'm working for Univision right now. Um, now, her current contract, which is going to expire at the end of the year, and I think that's why she decided to, to take this step, it, you know, allows her uh, to actually do work in English. Um, and so that's why she had been working Because of the non-compete, I assume. Most Spanish language cannot work. So right. I think that the fear is that Univision doesn't want her to go to Telemundo, even though right, they would right. need her tremendously because their Telemundo news uh, uh, at, at six uh, really needs it. Uh, but that's not what she wants to do. And I think she was clear about it in your interview that she had. She doesn't want to do the same exact thing at another exactly. network. And she kind of just exactly. said that publicly to even let uh, Luis Fernandez, the president of news over at Telemundo, go, hey, you know, I'm not really interested here in uh, doing the same exact thing. No me han corrido, no he renunciado, no me estoy retirando, y me estoy yendo a otro lado para hacer lo mismo que hago aquí. I think it's English. Well, you know, something that's also interesting because I've had, uh, you know, people have been commenting on media moves and people have been calling me or texting me separately. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's always malicious people saying, oh, there's no way that she would have left unless they were going to oust her. Um, and, um, you know, and I think it's but hard. But why would people... they oust her? What, 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 right. What's well, in so it for Univision hard... to do that? You know, I think it's hard for people to grasp the concept that somebody would leave a job at the peak of 
you know, their powers, their popularity right. And, 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 and yes, and recognition. But if you really think about it, it's a perfect opportunity also to go ahead and do something. You have created this persona. People know who you are. You have this tremendous trajectory. And now, um, if you've been, you know, you, you, like she said to me, you know, you tend to get into a very comfort zone. You're, you're comfortable. You, you're doing well. You love what you do. Mm-hmm. You, you, know, you coast along. You do everything to the best of your ability. But at a certain point in time, um, you have to think about what's next. And are you satisfied with just with what you have right now? And I think that um, a little bit of the difference between her and Jorge Ramos is that, you know, she is, um, you know, English is also her first language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that doing a transition into English mm-hmm. um, with the kind of following and when we're talking about, I mean, you and I are both Latino and we're talking in English. Right. And I would I would venture to say it's the whole concept that, of this podcast, by the way. <laughs> right. I would venture to say that you probably watch and consume news and entertainment more more of it in english than in spanish absolutely absolutely just I because i I'm, I'm more american than i am hispanic hispanic is my secondary language secondary culture secondary everything it doesn't mean that i ignore it it's just secondary but it is still a part of my duality uh so right. that's and why you know english is the, the 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 primary language in which i communicate however you you know of marielena you know of Jorge Ramos, absolutely you know of Telemundo, just like, you know, I've worked both in both Univision and Telemundo earlier in my career. Same here. Um, so, so when you, you know, there's so, the, the Hispanic population is also evolving and growing and is becoming more English dominant than Spanish dominant in many instances. So you have a combination of uh, an icon, uh, somebody who's well respected in mm-hmm. the journalism community, and you know that has a tremendous um, following, uh, and um, she could she could go anywhere now. Uh, and I Absolutely. think absolutely. So, and, and I've I've had this conversation with other people who perhaps have excelled in Spanish language media, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily with Maria Elena, but that have told me, well, it's kind of like when you're in Spanish language, you're like the big fish in the little pond. Uh, and then it's really tough to make that transition. And I don't know if maybe that was in the back of Marielena's mind in the past. I mean, she was the queen of Spanish language news for 30, over 30 years. And it's got to be maybe, like she told me, making this move earlier would have been too soon. Making it later might be too late. And she might have, and, and, and I'm here making an assessment. This is not something that she has told me outright. But, you know, you kind of have to read between the lines. Yeah. And I think. I think maybe um, in her mind, she felt that she was at a point in her life where she has grown so much and now she needs to grow more and that she feels confident enough to try to make this transition into an English language career, especially when now um, her first uh, crime news magazine has uh, been picked up for a second season. And well, and it, it it did well. The first season did well. And you know, the funny thing was that just about a little over two weeks ago, I reached out to the people over at Discovery mm-hmm. uh, to find out, hey, how did it, you know how did it do in ratings? Is it going to get picked up? And they said, oh, well, we'll keep you posted. And and um, they already knew it had been picked up. 
Mm. Uh, they up, but they were waiting to um, yeah to make, make the, the announcement. announcement. And to wait for her to make the announcement on Univision. Exactly. That way they can... Uh, look, th exactly. this is all public relations. And you know that better than anyone else. It's They communicated amongst themselves. What are we going to do this? That way uh, it creates the best image for her. And by the way, I think her resign... Well, not resigning, but her retire... What would you say she did? She didn't resign. She didn't quit. She wasn't ousted. What, what, what would you call this? I think that she um, transitioning. You know, she's, she's transitioning. I okay. think that might be a much better word yeah, because so I she, mean, she clearly said. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw her uh, her farewell message on Univision. Yes. I, I, I watched it, and you know she was clear, and she she reiterated that uh, when we had this conversation over the phone. But again, I wasn't fired. I'm not leaving because I'm fired. I'm not resigning. I'm not retiring. I'm just moving on to something new. This must be and a I shocker to Univision, to Randy Falco, to the president of news there. I I'm I'm very curious to know what Jorge Ramos thought about the whole thing. Uh, they've been <laughs> a pair together for 30 years on that desk. Yeah. To a certain extent, it's your work wife. Um, mm -hmm. On air, their relationship never seemed chummy to me. There were moments that he just seemed distant or cold to her on air. I do think that one of the reasons that she left, and I say this because, you know, I myself and I are a talent, is that Jorge Ramos, who, whose first language is not English, mm -hmm. uh, when Fusion was created, they literally made him the face, sort of like the yeah. carry on him and uh, along with Elisa Menendez at Fusion. And I always wondered to myself... I scratched my head, uh, you know... Where was Maria Elena Salinas in all of this? Why didn't she have yeah. her own show? Why is Jorge Ramos um, sort of, you know, uh, being the lead on all of this? And why is he the one on, you know, Bill Maher and every single, you know, uh, Fox or, you know, on air, on the Today Show, etc.? I think that she just said to my... She just said to herself, look... There's an English language network, a part of Univision. I'm not even a part of that. There's Univision News. Uh, I'm not necessarily a part of that. Where am I going to get my shot? As long as I am here with Jorge, Jorge is the guy. He is the man. And maybe it's the male thing versus the female thing. But I think in her case, she's like, enough is enough. I'm as qualified, if not even better qualified than Jorge to actually take the lead on a lot of these things. And so you got to ask yourself if it's the male culture of the Hispanic you know, uh, sort of maelstrom that hasn't allowed her to progress. But she is absolutely right, Veronica. She cannot be doing the same thing over and over again and just be happy with that. I think she has, she's made all the money that she needed. She's as popular as anybody else in Hispanic news. Um, you know, I think this was the most, the most brilliant move that she could have done because it took everybody by shock. Everyone's talking about her. We're talking about her. This is a, almost like a whole podcast just dedicated to her. And it's, it's a great move on her part. Uh, I think that you hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I, you know, I, like I said, when they, I, I actually, when, when Fusion was, was about to launch and they said he and Jorge was going to have his own show, and I tried watching the show, and I just couldn't bear to watch the show, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, you know, I think that uh, Jorge is an excellent journalist, but, I mean, he was struggling with the English in some instances. And just, you know, uh, it, it just at least it felt that way. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I, um, I don't know. I just... 
you know, and I asked, you know, is Marielena going to have a show? And um, they were very vague about it. And obviously they never did. And what really, um, you know, this was a network that's supposed to be for millennials. And Mr. Ramos is far <laughs> from being a millennial. Thank you. Um, Thank and, you. Uh, and so, but, you know, they kept on holding on to him. Um, and, you know, they, they kept canceling all the other shows with the younger folks. And mm -hmm. they just kept on hanging on to his show. So, you know, I, I, I'm not entirely privy. I mean, I've, of course, um, I, I hear lots of things. People reach out to me and tell me things. Uh, but there's a lot also of assumptions. I mean, you can say. see things. You yeah. can see, you know, yeah. when someone's not being favored over another person. And Definitely. I think that was... Uh, that was the case here, you know. Um, I, I think I think there's truth to that. Uh, I think that uh, Maria Elena is, um, I think she's an incredible lady in the sense that she would never. She's regal, uh, sophisticated, and a true professional. Never seen anybody like her. Never seen right. anyone like her. Something that she, you know, like if you ask her, she won't address. You know, like she, you know, it's like, hey, you can make your assumptions, but she has never... Um, said anything at least publicly uh and about she won't right that at, about that um difference in treatment and that in a way it's preferential treatment in an in instance most women and everybody knows their sexism yeah. really exists and if you've never worked in a hispanic media newsroom uh then then you know you don't know. I'm sure that you might have gone through some moments where you're like, okay, that was pretty sexist. I'm in the newsroom and they chose this guy over this woman. Oh, uh, maybe you sure. were a victim of that for a few times. This is something that, you know, we should be talking about. But un unless and until she talks about it, if that's the case, then it's, uh, it's all sort of silence. I did want to ask you about what happens now with Univision News. Uh, let me give you a, a quick sort of research numbers that I just got from the Pew Center. Univision is doing about 1.8 million viewers uh, last year. Um, and that's down from 2.1 million in 2013. Is this going to become a major detriment to Univision News in their battle for staying number one versus Telemundo? Uh, Jorge Ramos is 59 years old. I don't see him being there until he's 70. Uh, obviously he's well, the who face. Knows? Uh, well, okay. Who knows? But I don't see him being there all that time. I'm sure ABC's trying to work out a deal. I'm sure NBC's trying to work out a deal with him. That's if they asked him. I think he has obviously a future. So where do you see Univision News moving forward without Maria Elena Salinas? And does the prestige of that anchor slot even matter in today's news world? Here's the question, first of all, whether they're going to leave Jorge solo. I mean, they said that they're going to be announcing a replacement, but who knows if maybe they'll leave him solo. Um, I think it's better to leave him solo. And that, that's something that might happen. You know, look at how in Telemundo, Jose Diaz-Balarte is all by himself. They gave, they, they paired him off with uh, Maria Celeste Carreras for that a little bit, out, for a right. few years. Um, and then, um, and then now he is again by himself. They're all uh, solo. If you look at general market, uh, news programs, they're all solo. The idea of having two is a very Spanish thing. It's also a very outdated thing. Um, uh, it worked with them, but there's no right. reason now that you just leave Jorge alone. Let him do it's more work for him. He probably doesn't want to do the extra speaking, but Jesus, man. I mean, if you can't talk for half an hour by yourself, <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, 
Well, uh, I know some people who can, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, I think that um, what's next, um, I'm not quite sure. Um, I think that Univision has been going through a huge transition in the past several years. Um, their ratings dominance has been seriously curtailed mm -hmm. by uh, huge investments of money uh, and resources uh, on th at Telemundo. Um, and obviously, having been bought over by Comcast, um, has has really has really changed the game and they've you know but not in the news department i think if it's worked out anywhere it's worked out in sports by them buying the world cup for 600 million dollars entertainment, uh, entertainment entertainment yep i would say investment in novellas I mean, but then i guess what we we're gonna have to see is what happens when maria Elena steps down will Jorge Ramos on his own be enough to keep that um, that ratings dominance or um, or whether they add somebody else um, and whether they're going to add somebody. And, and I bet you if they add another female, it's going to be a much younger female. So there's going to be an eye candy factor involved. You know, I think it would be interesting if they actually paired Jorge Ramos with Ilia Calderon. Oh, isn't Colombia. she Colombian? Yeah, she's uh, uh -huh, kind of exact. Yep. She's 45, so it's it, neither too young, no. I think she's a solid, you know, anchor. Mm -hmm. Um I think it would, you know, she right now she's doing she's anchoring the night uh the late night edition of Univision News. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it would be an interesting uh statement if they actually give uh, a woman of color um the wow the you know what veronica i did not think about that but you're absolutely right and that's a whole other you know conversation about yeah, spanish news day. and people of color uh <laughs> that are latinos i mean i know we're diverse but you know we're the only race that has to be you know ultra diverse <laughs> because white blue-eyed latinos aren't necessarily the majority. <laughs> right. And so, you know, uh, you know, people of color like myself, you know, like Ilya Calderon, uh, we don't get the shots that, that, that white Latinos do, you know, but uh, that would make a massive statement uh, that we're, you know, we're in the future. We're, we're living the present. I would, I would think it would be great if they name her um, uh, the replacement, uh, Maria Elena's replacement, hmm. somebody who's got experience, who uh, who represents um, another segment of the Latino population. My final question to you is, before we wrap up, what is the future of Spanish language news now? I think it has to evolve. Um, I don't think, you know, it's like, I, I can tell you that when I started in the business many years ago, and I'm not going to tell you how many, <laughs> uh, but that I started in Spanish language television, they kept saying, oh, no, Spanish language television news is going to be obsolete because everybody's going to be um, assimilated. They're not going to watch Spanish language television. Um, and even though that the Latino audience is getting younger and younger, and when they're getting younger, they're also becoming much more English dominant uh, or only English speaking. Uh, I think that there's still um, that there's still room for Spanish language news and for Univision to can to, to thrive. But in order for that to happen, they really need to step up to what the needs of the audience are. It's interesting because I um, we're obviously living in a very politicized politicized um, time, a very stressful time for many people, especially mm -hmm. for immigrants. 
Um, but as um, many people have pointed out, and actually even a couple of folks have posted on my, uh, either on my wall when I've written about her departure, um, you know, the Latino community is just, it's not only an immigrant community. The Latino community, there's, there's an immigrant community, and then there are there is a U.S.-born community. That's right. 60% I, of the United States is now, exactly. uh, speaks, uh, Latinos speak English. So if they really want to continue to attract the majority of the audience, they, they can't just only um, target uh, to immigrants and only about, you know, ICE raids and, um, you know, immigration. But I think they're going to really need to expand a little bit the scope of, of coverage and adapt to the current needs of, of, of their audience. If they want to, if they want to bring back some of that audience or attract that new audience, the reality Jack is that, um, I don't know about you, but I consume most of my news online. That's true too. Well, they've done a good job with the digital news that they have out of Miami. And I think they have some local digital editions uh, in Correct. New York, uh, LA, et cetera. So I think they're doing something along those lines. Telemundo is the one that's uh, seems like they're moving at a glacial pace. Uh, but I think Univision means well. I think their intent is progressive. It's modern. Um, but I think that the Maria Elena Salinas departure really will precipitate uh, change. that change and that evolution. And again, like I said, Jorge's 59. He's going to be in his 60s. I'm not exactly sure how long he wants to be doing this for. He's accomplished everything that you can... Just got the Walter Cronkite Award, you know, not too long ago. So it's it's going to be interesting how they modernize this to stay number one and to stay relevant because the numbers don't lie, Veronica. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the degradation of viewership from 2.1 to 1.8, that's a lot. And so what are they doing to keep about it? You know, I'd love to talk to the president of news over at Univision at one point to kind of see where their new strategy is. But it just seems that this is out of their hands. This is just the, na the nation's demographic changing. Immigration is slowing down to the point that, you know, it's basically flat, if not uh, less than zero. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting. I think that the future is going to be a combination between Spanish and English. It's kind of the only way it's really going to exist because people like me, uh, first of all, I see Univision as a very Mexican network. It's very hard for me to feel like all of the countries are very inclusive with them. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe because of the partnership with Televisa, uh, Jorge being Mexican, Marielena being Mexican, you know, the Mexicanness oozes out of Univision. I, I think in order to attract people like me to want to know more about Hispanic content news, like in Venezuela, Colombia, et cetera, mm -hmm. they're going to have to do something. I don't know what that is yet. I'll, I'll think about it, but they're going to have to do something to attract me uh, because I'm here and, and I want to go. I want to watch the news in Spanish. I just don't want to see it once every three months, just kind of, you know, keep my Spanish together or kind of see what's going on in Latin America. It needs to be much more in your face. So it'll be interesting, Veronica. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me again, uh, Jack. I, uh, I'm, I'm here if you ever need to uh, chat again. Absolutely. Uh, you can catch uh, and read Veronica's article on Forbes magazine. Uh, titled As She Prepares to Leave Univision ID Renews the Real Story with Marielena Salinas. Veronica, thanks so much for talking to us. Uh, read that exclusive as much as you can, folks. Uh, Veronica, once again, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. It's time for Jack Dick. 
Let's begin with the top movie news of the week. Selena Gomez joins Woody Allen's next movie for Amazon Studios. Michael Jackson's Thriller will be re-released in theaters in 3D. Aquaman movie is having difficulty shooting water scenes. And watch the new Mother trailer starring Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence on our website at showbizcafe.com. In TV news, USA's Queen of the South has been renewed for season three. David Letterman returns to TV on Netflix premiering 2018. Marvel's The Defenders arrives August 18th. HBO renews Insecure and Ballers. Hulu's developing RuPaul TV dramedy from J.J. Abrams. The Crown season two will premiere December 8th. Disney is starting their own streaming service. Netflix lands Coen Brothers anthology series. And cord cutting has hit close to 1 million people from the beginning of the year and has Wall Street spooked. Switching over to music, Luis Fonte joins DNCE Nicki Minaj on new bilingual Kissing Strangers remix. Pink drops a new single, album due out this October. Camila Cabello is writing a new song inspired by Havana, Cuba, and Taylor Swift accuses DJ of sexual assault. In digital and social media news, BuzzFeed is launching a Twitter Live daily morning show this September. Facebook is starting a new tab called Watch for online videos. Snapchat grows daily users to 173 million, but delivers a disappointing business earning. YouTube read to create an original sequel with The Karate Kid 30 years later, and Instagram is now allowing you to include a friend on live feeds. And in Broadway news, Christina Garcia is officially adapting her award-winning novel Dreaming in Cuban for theatrical production. According to Cuban director Adrian Alexander Olea, it follows three generations of women weaving in and out of political, social, economic, and personal struggle. Expect a full script with readings and workshops by early 2018. <laughs> So I was catching up on the news on Twitter this week when I noticed several eye-grabbing headlines in Spanish that reeled me in. To my surprise, it was from New York's El Diario La Prensa. Now, for those of you who don't know it, it's the oldest Spanish-language newspaper in New York and in the country. Then I decided to check out the site, and to my amazement, they were now live-streaming a sports segment. Now, a lot has changed at the paper in the last five years, and I remember that El Diario La Prensa was my father's newspaper. So it's kind of cool to see them try to become my generation's newspaper now. To talk more about the new modern approach that the paper is taking, the headaches Latino demographics are causing Spanish-language newspapers, and if El Diario La Prensa will ever go English... I have on the phone with me right now, Rafael Cores. He's the Vice President of Digital Content at Impermedia and El Diario La Prensa. Rafael, for those who might not have heard of Impermedia, give us an overview of what the company is. Well, basically, Impermedia is, um, is a, a Spanish language uh, group of newspapers. And um, this, this, the company was created like uh, more or less 15 years ago when different uh, newspapers, uh, legacy newspapers, print newspapers were put together uh, in, 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 in the main cities in the U.S. that have a big uh, uh, Hispanic population, right? Mm -hmm. So the, 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 two, the, two, uh, the two main newspapers that we have are uh, La Opinión in, in Los Angeles and uh, El Diario in, here in New York. And then we have uh, some weeklies uh, in uh, Chicago, La Raza, La Prensa in Orlando, and La Opinión de la Bahía in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. uh, th there used to be some other uh, smaller outlets, but uh, right now we, this is uh, the, 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 what we have. Um, and obviously our, our main two flagships are El, El Diario and La Opinión, and all of them they have their, their, their digital presence, of course, and they are very strong in social media too, especially in Facebook, because the, 
the, we have seen that the, the the Hispanic community in the U.S. is um, is, is 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 using heavily Facebook to to get their news, right? Uh, Rafael, so you're the vice president of digital content at Empremedia. Uh, the question uh-huh. is, you also sound Spaniard. How did a Spaniard from Spain end up in New York City uh, running digital <laughs> content for a bunch of U.S. Latinos and Latin Americans when you could have been, you know, uh, doing all of this, but, you know, in Europe, which a lot of Americans right now wish they were living in Europe? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, uh, well, I moved to the U.S. almost... Uh, I think it's already more than 14 years ago. I, I I came here to actually to Chicago for uh, to study my my masters at uh, Northwestern University, uh, the Medieval School of Journalism there. And uh, actually, some years before that, like five years earlier than that, I had been in Miami working at El Nuevo Herald, the Spanish edition of the Miami oh, okay. Herald. And I had some contacts there. So after my masters. Uh, I mean, they, in, in Miami, they, they with, through my previous contact there, they offered me a job at Univision, uh, at the digital uh, website of Univision, Univision.com. What were and you I doing there? there? Yeah, I spent there like nine years in different roles from... Uh, wow, that's a long time. The, yeah, I was the editor for a while of... Uh, well, I started in, in news, and then I moved to to personal finance and business news. I was the editor of that vertical for for several years, and I ended up being the director of uh, the digital editorial strategy. Let's say the managing the home, the different home pages that, that Univision had. And well, after some years there, I, I I had the opportunity to to move to a very different company as Imprimedia. It's way smaller than Univision, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I mean, uh, they. Uh, they came to me with with this idea of uh, they, they needed to transform the company from a pretty much uh, a company focused on, on 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 the legacy side of you know on the on the on the print right. uh, side of the business to 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 a digital to a digital media company and I thought that was a a, a pretty big challenge but very interesting and and a little bit more than three years ago three and a half already. I moved to New York to to you know to to see if, if we were going to be able to do that, and I think uh, I think we are we are we are getting there. You're, yeah, you're definitely getting there. I've seen a lot of progress. Uh, tell me, you mentioned challenges. Can you tell me some of the challenges that you immediately saw as soon as you took this job uh, at Impermedia and Diario La Prensa? First of all, when we got here, the the all the let's say the 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 original content creation machine was uh, focused towards uh, writing and editing content to put on a print page. Right. So it wasn't easily translatable to social media to digital. Right. It was just meant for the paper. Yeah. I mean the the the, the rhythms the, the the rhythms the the deadlines. The, the the approaches the focus uh, was all the whole business model right yeah, the whole business model especially I mean I'm, I'm I'm talking more on the on the how to create the content right more than I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not talking here about about sales and, and other departments of the company that, that that they needed to be transformed and they are being transformed too but uh, in in <laughs> in the area that I directly manage you could see that there was a lot of potential here. 
because we had a really good group of uh, journalists that they were experts in their fields, but the way they were working uh, was like almost completely focused on created content for the for the for the for the print pages, let's say. And and I believe that uh, I'm not a big uh, believer on this concept that you can you can create. Uh, one content and spread it among very different uh, repurpose for, it. formats and you know and 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 yeah and, and reuse it in very in like in different formats i think that doesn't work mm -hmm. really well either you do one well and not the others too well or you do none of them well because you try to to do a little bit of everything <laughs> well that's the that's the issue with magazine mm -hmm. editors trying to become a television uh, uh -huh. programmers you know it, it just does not work a person who creates content for magazines is very different than can than creating content for television formats everything you have good ideas but those ideas need a particular sort of i think like you were saying like rhythms and and, and sort of formats in order to bring them to life and there's very specific things so how are you able to then transform the newspaper over to digital uh, you said you've been there for about three, four years. Has it been difficult, especially with Spanish language newspapers? I mean, it's yeah, it's it's, it's obviously a challenge. I mean, uh, also the business is not only our company, but the the newspaper business, for as you know, uh, it's been suffering at least the last decade or more a lot and and we have mostly because of technology yeah yeah i mean and and because the market is changing and and you see you see how advertisers uh, year after year are, are are running away from from the print side of the business and mm -hmm. and it's difficult to to bring them on to keep them and and to move them to invest on on the digital side of the business because you know you know that digital dollars unfortunately most of the the, the digital invest digital ad investment is is growing a lot but most of that growth is going towards Facebook and Google and and that's a, mm -hmm. a reality that the, all the media companies we are facing um, and and uh, still I mean we we had to to to, to make some tough decisions. I mean, and 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 that was uh, painful. And and on the other on the other hand, I mean, we we tried to. I don't know if recycle is the correct word, but we 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 tried to 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 bring people that they were working with a print. Uh, mind, let's say, to 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 be more digital and to. And to be able to to work with them on on you know to create digital content, um, and some people they 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 did that trans that um, uh, that trans transformation right really well. Some mm -hmm. others others I mean it, it was more difficult for them, and also we tried to bring into the company like new talent uh, with 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 new skills with different skills that we needed. And all of that is, I mean, in a in an environment of um, with with a pretty tight budget, you know. I mean, it's not that we have like a lot of dollars to to start hiring like crazy. So, right. so of course that's that's challenging. I mean, um, but we were able to to grow in our in our digital audience in this in these years. 
every every year we we have been growing our social media presence is 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 growing a lot too and i wanted to ask you about that because the other day and one of the reasons i'm actually talking to you mm -hmm. was because i was on twitter okay and i used this uh, thing called tweet deck and i noticed that el diario la prensa was doing live streams for soccer and i think you were on it i think you were doing like a it, it was like a soccer thing. You were giving a recap on what was going on in soccer. It was live streamed. Uh, I don't know if you were using Ferris, uh, Periscope or Facebook, but I said, wow, this is completely new to me. And I do not associate live streams or digital content with El Diario La Prensa. El Diario La Prensa was the type of newspaper that my father used to wake up in the morning and go to the newsstand at the deli, either the Indian or Korean deli, and pick up the newspaper and then read it. And it was a very small sort of newspaper. Uh, unlike, for example, the New York Times that you kind of just have to f unfold and read and, you know, it's so long and wide. And I remember that was El Diario La Prensa to me. And so now to see it all almost modernized was something that I felt that was very cool for me and it made me want to be reinterested in El Diario La Prensa today. So with that said, I wanted to ask about the integration of social media live streaming to this. Has that been something that your readers have uh, have adapted to? Do they like it? What's been the feedback of these older generation New York Latino newspaper readers and the way you're modernizing it so in such a young way? The best asset, the biggest asset that uh, El Diario La Prensa digital site has is, is Facebook. I mean, right now it has 720,000 likes. That's for a, wow, for okay, a, that's for almost a, local, a million. For a local, well, is it, it is the, the, the largest social media community in Spanish in New York by far. By far. And yeah. what do you attribute that and, to? And just to compare, the Chicago Tribune, for example, that is like a, a all established big newspapers in the big newspaper in this country, and and you know one of the main, I would say, the main, the, the main. Yeah, in this probably the th has third, a little bit, third a little largest bit more one, than yeah. five hundred thousand, a half a million. So. So it, our Facebook is larger than Chicago Tribune, right? but this for All me right. it's, for me is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think well, as I said before, I think Hispanics are uh, are, are very into you know using Facebook not only to gather news, but also they 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 like to engage with each other. We see a lot of comments. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the, the post that we, that, that, that we post there in, in, in the El Diario Nueva York, the Facebook, you see people reacting a lot. They, they sometimes they, they kind of hate each other. I mean, we have many different Hispanic communities here in New York. You know, you have the, the Dominican uh, community is very large, the, 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 the Puerto Rican, the, the Colombian, the, the Peruvian. They like to interact with each other, sometimes in a good way. Sometimes, I mean, they, 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 they get a little bit angry with each other and it's, it's a little bit too much. I think that they really found a place in El Diario's Facebook to, you know, to feel, to feel part of the, of, the, of the Hispanic New York, to, to feel part of a, of a community. New York is a very special city, of course, and, mm -hmm. and people... They want to know what's going on in this great city, and they want to participate, and they want to know what's, 
what's going on, especially in the everything Hispanic related in in New York. And I think they found they found that that place at at our Facebook, and and that's great. I mean, I, it's, and it's not our. So Facebook. it's a place it's they call Facebook. home. It's their Facebook. Right. It's not our it's Facebook. Their Facebook. It's their Facebook, right? You know, you've been talking about how good your your Facebook and your social media strategy has been working, and it kind of just leads me to the following question, Rafael: Should newspapers disappear and convert them? all into digital or is the paper still something that that has a level of value to continue to invest in it i think we have um very different audiences and in the, the our print readers they are not necessarily our our the people that consume us in digital and even in digital we have different kind of readers right you have the people that reach us through social media you have the people that reach us directly on our website you have the people that uh, you know get us through search because they are searching something related with new york or with the news that we cover so i think uh, media companies they need to identify and differentiate their, their different audiences and analyze mm -hmm. them separately and and see if uh, there is a still a business model for each of them. And I'm not saying that uh, newspapers, that would be crazy to say that newspapers, they have to completely abandon the print side of business. I mean, they have to analyze, to analyze is print still uh, profitable? I mean, <laughs> is there a still for them, for, for some for some print newspapers, they are still making uh, a good amount of money from there, and 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 it's a it's a good business. From others, it doesn't make sense. So I think each company has to analyze their situation and and I take it from there. Well, the only reason I say that is because, for example, the New York Times added five hundred thousand digital subscribers in uh, just last year. The Wall Street mm -hmm. Journal added one hundred and fifty. Uh, but overall, the one that seemed uh, the, the the thing that stood out, the numbers that stood out the most was the decline in both print uh, that fell down 8%. So in my head, I started thinking, I mean, look what happened to Time Inc. Look what's happening to Condé Nast with the magazine universe. I just feel like the, the, the paper at some point is becoming more of a prestige sort of thing, something that you that only rich people might do as a luxurious sort of pastime and not as a necessary daily pastime. And then in my head, I said, well, how much money would you save if you got rid of the publishing costs of the newspaper, the paper, the actual paper cost, and converted everything into digital where people were just getting their information digitally? Is that something that you guys have toyed with? Have you had any major conversations on these radical movements to move the media universe, especially in the Spanish language, uh, forward obviously if you stop printing you save a lot of money <laughs> that's uh, you, there are many costs associated with with that part of the business but at the same time you will lose a lot of a lot of money uh, a lot of revenue because uh, you are selling print ads and and that you are gonna lose I mean and it's not that you can translate that automatically to digital you cannot tell like you cannot tell, so you need you a balance of both. Say, hey we are stop printing tomorrow and and now your dollars are going to go to digital no they will say well what's going right. on here? they don't want to hear that they don't so, want to I hear mean, that i think you have to 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 you know to do your numbers and 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 right now i mean uh, the we were talking before the digital side of the business is 
is is growing and is and is healthy and and the print side of of the business uh, i mean is not growing <laughs> to, to be honest but it's still uh, healthy and it's still going on and there are no uh, i mean we are we are not foreseeing uh, moving 100% uh, digital in the in, in the short term uh, according to pew 60% of hispanics now speak english in the United States. Mm -hmm. That is a massive amount of number. So with more Latinos acculturating to English in American life, how is El Diario La Prensa and how are you guys as the management and the executives, how are you adapting to that change in demographics? Do, is El Diario La Prensa at some point going to toy with the idea of maybe writing in English for Hispanic Latinos? For example, like myself? Yeah. Or... Are you just going to stay Spanish for the rest of your life? I think that's a great question that uh, everyone in, in in the business has been uh, thinking about it. I remember at Univision having uh, this conversation a lot, right? Um, it's, it's difficult because you have seen in the last years many, many companies trying to, to create content in English for the... For, for Hispanics, right? And and you had right. You got NBC you Latino, NBC Latino Fox you News Latino, Fox, Fox News Post, Latino, uh, Half Post, which folded, there, um, unfortunately. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. most of them they they, they abandoned those projects, uh, so they were not working that well. Um, I think there is still a business uh, in like for Spanish content in 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 this country, and I hope it. <laughs> It, it, that would be the case for for many years to come. Um, I'm I'm not sure if there is a specific business for uh, media companies writing only for Hispanic in English. I'm 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 not sure about that because at the same time they, as you say, they acculturate and and they also go to to mainstream media, right? And Hispanic is becoming mainstream in this country. That is true. If they want to consume content in English, why would they go to a specific uh, I'll tell a you why. Outlet, I'll tell you why, Rafael. A specific outlet that is, I mean, it's difficult. Maybe we don't agree here, but uh, I, I, it might be. I mean, and there are some as there there are some companies that are doing it. You know, and, and I think it's worth experimenting mm -hmm. in that because you know through failure is how you learn whether something works or not. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this: here's why I think that English language content for Hispanics, for U.S. Hispanics, could work and should work. Number one is I understand that. If you go into the mainstream, if you know English like myself and you go into the mainstream, you're going to just, you know, stick with mainstream. But but here's the problem. If you go to the New York Times, if you go to any of the major newspapers, the Washington Post, the lack of Hispanic coverage in English in those major news media platforms is very poor. Very mm, poor. I agree. So if I want to know about Colombia in English, there's really nowhere for me to go. It's there's very specific places that you can do that and no one has really put their flag and owned that territory, which is one of the things that I want to do with this particular podcast is give Hispanic content in English to those Hispanics that are looking for it, but in their language. And I think that there is a business there. And I think it's one thing that it's it's one thing that maybe, uh, you know, Spanish language newspapers should 
to, should experiment with. Uh, is that something that, that maybe might, curi- might make you curious or interested in doing that? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, uh, it might be an opportunity there. I'm not saying there is not. Uh, that's not our focus right now. Uh, and we are not thinking about that uh, in the near future. Um, there is probably, I mean, if there is an opportunity, it could be as big an opportunity for for Spanish language media companies to as to for mainstream media companies that if they see that, why wouldn't go there? You know, uh, why why? Right. With all the resources that I mean, you mentioned, I don't know, the New York Times. I mean, if if uh, the the Hispanic uh, the Latino community is growing so much in this country that, as I said before, is becoming mainstream. They will have to serve that community. I mean, if, if they want to, to survive point, in, right? the, in, the, in the long term, I mean, it's going to be part of their of their audience for sure. Um, I think it's a it's a it's, it's a great question, and and we will see where we will be in like in the next years i guess we're in that phase of transition man you know we're living in an era of transition because of technology because of demographical changes because of political uh Mm -hmm. you know alterations that are happening in government obviously immigration has slowed down uh univision and and telemundo their ratings are declining Mm -hmm. uh hispanics are being more acculturated you know, but it's these innovative experimental ideas that are the ones that are needed now. That way you can then transform your own business to stay current and then, you know, progress down the line. Before I let you go, I wanted to get your thoughts and impressions on the New York Times in Espanol website. It's now been around mm-hmm. for a few years, I would say, and they've been keeping an almost silent profile. Have you read it? Do you know people who read it? Do you think it's an indispensable platform to have in Spanish? Well, I think the New York Times in Espanol is more that the from outside what I see is uh, they're trying to reach an audience outside of the U.S. that they want to consume uh, content with the brand, the New York Times, um, in Spanish, right? So probably they are, and I think they are more targeted towards Mexico, especially, and then the rest of Latin America to um, to uh, to an audience that for sure is there, that they that they they, they want to get that uh, highly relevant um, uh, New York Times branded content. My question there, and I don't know if it's going to succeed or not, but my question there is those, I think they are elites, right, in, in Latin America, that they will want to consume mm-hmm. that content. Probably they they can read in English. So why wouldn't they go to the New York Times dot uh, com, let's say, and consume that content right. in English because right. a lot of that content is translated, and they are doing also some original content for New York Times in Espanol. But uh, I don't know. They- Do you think a New York Times in Espanol newspaper, the one that you buy? you know, in the newsstand, do you think that would work? Here, locally? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That could be a, a tough one. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's all interesting, you know, and I'm just throwing ideas out there just because, you know, it, I want to return to Spanish language newspapers. I, I want to return to Spanish language, but it's just there's so little of it. And the few that do it, 
I don't see much progress happening there. You know, it's not becoming scale. And so mm -hmm. I'm like dying to have it, but I just feel like there's no investments. And I don't know if that's maybe because there's, there's white people running it and they don't seem to understand the, the multicultural um, sort of virtues of, of what that means. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we need more Hispanic leaders in those companies to make those decisions. But uh, it, I, I think it's, it's, it's just ideas because I do think that Hispanic Americans do want to stick with their Spanish language roots. It's just that there's so little of it. And then finally, Rafael, my last question. Um, I saw it in the, in your newspaper. It's on diariodeprensa.com. Your thoughts on Marielena Salinas leaving Univision. What do you think her next move should be? <laughs> well, uh, first of all, uh, she, she already has a show in English. She's more, let's say, American than Jorge Ramos. I mean, she she was yes, she, absolutely she, she was by born birth. In this country. Uh, She's a U.S. citizen. A US, yeah, I mean, Jorge is a U.S. citizen too, but um, but uh, he was born in yeah, Mexico. He was born he's here, an right? immigrant. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Maria Elena, she was born here, and and her English is perfect. Uh, with all her experience in in TV, she was in. Uh, She's been in Univision, she's still in Univision, by the way, until the end of the year, uh, for 36 years, if I'm not wrong. 36 so years. So she's been, she's mm -hmm. been the face of, uh, with Jorge, she, she's, she's been the face of uh, Hispanic news in TV in this country. Well, Rafael, thank you so much for being on a podcast. Rafael is the Vice President of Digital Content of Impermedia. And also, thank you for updating us on what's been going on with El Diario La Prensa. Obviously, it's taken a very modern, uh, progressive approach. Glad to see that. And also updating us on Spanish-language newspapers throughout the country. Talk soon. If you're looking for some new songs to listen to, check out these three tracks you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. Internacionales, Bomba Estéreo. What about us, Pink? Prince Royce featuring Zendaya. And before we let you go, Puerto Rican singer Pedro Capó was in New York City promoting his HBO Latino special this week, and he spoke to us about advice for upcoming singers and what inspires him to write music. Have a listen. What advice would you give any like youth that are trying to make it into the music industry? I would say stay honest. You know, I feel like... At the end of the day, what connects is honesty, and you have to stay true to yourself. It's a hard business, so the truer you are to yourself, the easier you go through the trials and tribulations. That, and I have a formula called the three Ps. Passion, perseverance, and the hardest of them all, patience. What inspires you to write music? Life, life. I feel like songwriters, you know, are, are commentators of life and everything that affects them, you know? So I, life in general, I'm, you know, I, I love, I love, Love, I love hurt, I love, you know, beauty, 
humor as well. You know, we don't have to be so serious in our approach either. I feel like we can comment about anything. That's it for episode 44 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Veronica Villafaña from MediaMoves.com and Rafael Gores from El Diario La Prensa for stopping by the show this week. And of course, thank you guys for taking the time out to listen from your favorite streaming platform wherever you may be. If you like this U.S. Latino podcast, please share it on your social media apps, tell your friends all about it, and if you can, have them subscribe to the show. It really depends on you guys to help us get the word out. Hope you enjoy your weekend and stay connected with us via showbizcafe.com. See you next week on another episode of A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.